Welcome back to Adventures with Bam. I'm Brent Billings. I'm Maggie Billings. And today we're going across the Atlantic for our honeymoon. Our honeymoon. One other thing that I wanted to mention from last episode that I wish we would have done differently. (laughs) Not that this is necessarily a realistic thing for most people to be able to do, but I've been at a couple of multi-day weddings Mm. since we got married. And man, like that's how they used to do it. It used to be a week-long party i mean i feel like it still was we had people coming into town we were doing stuff we had bachelor parties bachelorette parties like it really was there were some elements but i just wish that we had had more time to spend with more people especially people who travel from out of town yeah like yeah we did get some extra time with some people here and there but there's just a lot going on and it's just a lot to cram into one day and i've seen a couple of I've seen one wedding that was, it was, there were three days of events across four calendar days. And then there was another one that was two days. And both of those were just like incredible parties. And Hmm. it, you know, as a photographer, even we got to know the people better Hmm. and it's like, wow, that's, you know, sounds expensive. (laughs) Yeah. That's the problem. It's not, it's not terribly practical for a lot of those reasons, but Hmm. man, if you can swing it next time. Yeah. Um, the other thing, this is now current topic, but when we left, and I guess this depends on where you're going for your honeymoon, we're going overseas, but we left, you know, our wedding at like, I don't know, nine 30, 10 o'clock, something like that. Drove to Spokane. Like it was, it was already so late. It was a long day. So late by the time we got in, if we had been like trying to turn around and get up for a mm-hmm. 6am flight the next day. Would have been an absolute nightmare. So we actually stayed two nights in Spokane just to give ourselves some time to rest and like get ready for the travel experience. And that was, I feel like, such a good choice to be able to chill for a little bit before turning around and doing the next. And even just little stuff like, you know, I and I guess most people don't do this, but we left the wedding in my wedding dress. Like I, I didn't change into a different dress. I wanted to wear my wedding dress to the hotel that we were staying at. So little things like, oh, I don't want to leave the dress in the car at the airport when we leave. And um, just little like, oh, I forgot to pack this. Or did you? So my parents came the next day and we exchanged a couple things. And um, yeah, it was nice to have an extra day as a buffer before the honeymoon. So then we did go. Now, uh, I don't, did I talk about how I worked for the airline? Yeah. I talked yeah, about that. that was our whole European. Yeah. So of course, right. Yes. That, that whole thing. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Working for an airline, it's like, okay, we're going to fly standby. So definitely, you know, makes it potentially complicated, but we're like, okay, well, we'll, we'll just figure out how we're going to get there, but where are we going to go? So we look at the map and it's like, okay, where, where can we fly in Europe? And then, well, do they have business class seats available? That was, that was a big, because I, I assume it's the same. I guess, I don't know. Maybe you know this, um, the whole standby business class thing was, you know, with standby, if you don't do this a lot, standby situation is you get your name on a list, but you only get on the flight if there are empty seats. So you can check ahead and go, okay, is this, does this flight have a ton of space on it? Uh, There's a good chance that we're going to get seats. Um, But if there are, so if you get on the flight and there are business class seats available, you can get upgraded to business class, which is just a dream and so expensive if you're paying for it. So we got upgraded to business class um, on our way 
to Spain for the great European adventure that we talked about a couple episodes back. And it is just hilarious because there's <laughs> there's these people who paid money <laughs> to sit there, you know, these grown adults who have careers and money. And then we're a bunch of random like 20 somethings uh, going to backpack across Europe. So it always feels like I just don't belong here and you don't, but it's real nice. Well, and it is different for every airline employees mm. uh, for Delta get business class complimentary, but I believe on United you had to pay extra. At least it was, that was the case for first class domestically, mm. but frequent flyers don't get complimentary upgrades on international flights. And so that's why it can potentially be a lot easier to get in business class than even to get in coach. So we just went down the map. I think we checked the UK, a couple other places. But the first place that we checked that was just wide open in business class (laughs) on our travel dates was Brussels, Belgium. And we're like, which we knew nothing about. Didn't know anything about. (laughs) Like, I, I mean, I knew where it was on the map. That's probably literally everything I knew about it. So we just typed in Brussels into Google image search and what came up? sold us immediately. Yeah. If you, I assume it's the same now because it's kind of a big deal there, but uh, yeah, in 2011, when we search 2012, 2012, when we searched um, Google images, yeah. What comes up is um, the flower carpet. They have a big festival um, at uh, the grand place, right? It's this big, it's this big square with a, I think it's a cathedral, right? It's not like a town hall or anything. I've always assumed it was cathedral. Anyway, a big square there in Brussels. And every August they do, I think it's a week, they fill up the square with all these different flowers and make this intricate design that looks like this big carpet. So there's all these photos of the flower carpet. And we were like, what? And of course, the flower carpet was actually going to have just been taken down (laughs) when we would be arriving but we're like well this place still looks cool um you know love love europe we didn't know anything about belgium um but it seemed like a cool enough place and the flights were wide open so uh that is indeed their city hall at ground it's city hall okay which i don't think really occurred to me at the time but yeah i think back then we assumed everything big was a cathedral yeah. We've learned a bit since more, then. More recently, we've been to Stockholm, which has a crazy looking city hall. Mm-hmm. And we've been in Tallinn, Estonia, which has an incredible city hall right on their town square. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess it doesn't actually surprise me that it is not a cathedral, but I don't think I realized that at the time. Yeah. Interesting history on the what we now know in real time to be the city hall in Brussels. Um, a little depressing. Look it up if you feel like reading some history. Indeed. But we actually, in spite of our plans, we did not go to Brussels. Well, immediately. Yeah, not immediately. <laughs> so we had um <laughs> our a family member um jumped in and was like, "Hey, I want to as a gift to you guys want to pay for your um your hotel stay in Brussels. Had a bunch of, I don't know, points, um Marriott points and Yep. <clears throat> so that was amazing. That was covered. Um anyway, our you can tell the airport story better than I can cuz you know the ins and outs of it. Well, fairly straightforward. We Get to the airport in Spokane, and we could not get on the flight. So we missed the 6 a.m. flight. We, I don't know if the Minneapolis flight was even an option. Uh, we missed the 10 a.m. Salt Lake flight. 
And so I'm just like trying to figure out what we're going to do because well, we're that- definitely not going to get to JFK in time for a flight to Brussels at this point. We've already done the time in New York thing and we don't really want to do that. So I'm looking at all these options and I realize, oh, the flight to Paris out <laughs> of Salt Lake City is wide open in business class. And it looks like we can get on the one o'clock flight to Salt Lake, which will get us there in time for the Paris flight. And Paris is close enough to Brussels that we can fly to Paris and get a train and continue on. And when you say miss the flight, it's not that we were (laughs) dinking around and weren't there in time. There were like a bunch of people, I don't remember, who were transferred. I think there had maybe been a flight the night before that got canceled or something. And so the early morning flight the next day was full of passengers who were rebooked. Yeah, there was a huge, huge uh, just a ton of people who were rebooked. So our flights filled up unexpectedly. And that, I mean, that can happen uh, from other airlines. It can happen for cancellations. It can happen for what, like there's, that's the thing about flying standbys. You just never know what's going to happen. Never you know. also never know when somebody's not going to show up in a flight that you think like, oh, there's no way I'm getting on this one. This is oversold by six seats. Uh, there's, there's just no way. And then you get on anyway. Yeah. So and it's the the joys and the sorrows of (laughs) flying standby, but it did work out. Maggie was basically sleeping through the morning (laughs) in the airport chair. And I'm trying to figure out where we're going to go. Yeah. He's behind the counter, like in airport work mode. So eventually he comes up to me and he's like, okay, I, because I think our options were, we were going to, to get to Brussels. We were going to have to spend the night in New York and we had done New York before. I, I'm just not, I don't know. Maybe I'm not fun. I don't love New York. I don't love New York. Um, we haven't received a whole lot of feedback about this podcast so far. <laughs> but one piece of feedback that we did receive from our dear friend, Megan. Yeah, who's a New Yorker. Very disappointed in our views of New York. I mean, New York City. Like, And again, it was like 12 hours or something. So I just wasn't, I think I like I like big cities, but I like chiller paced big cities and New York is not that. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, I was like, I don't really want to go to New York. And he's like, well, there's this other option. (laughs) We could fly Salt Lake to Paris and spend a day in Paris and then take the train over to Brussels. And I was like, that's an option. He's like, yeah. I was like, when does the flight leave? And it was what, in 20 minutes or something? Uh, Yeah. It was like, like we got to go now if we're going to get on this flight to Salt Lake. I mean, we had to walk 15 feet like we weren't yeah but still it was a it felt like just a big it was a lovely unexpected uh change to our plans so we did make it to paris uh we found some place to stay for the one night my stepdad was able to rebook the marriott and actually this extended our honeymoon by a day because instead of just losing a day in brussels my stepdad just shifted the days back Mm -hmm. one and so we still had six nights in Brussels, and then we had a bonus night in Paris. We had two nights in Paris. Pretty sure. <laughs> Brent's going to go back and look. I'm pretty sure I remember two nights. I have the address written down somewhere, although you probably do too. Hotel du Cadran. Two adults. Total room cost 145 a night. Lodging total 155 $10 okay. of fees. One night. Boom. One night. Okay. I have redeemed myself. Is that is that a is that a full redemption? <laughs> you have I mean, there's a little ways to go, but 
You owe me gelato. Feel a little better about myself. So yeah, so we got to Paris and teeny tiny little like itty bitty hotel room. Uh, not uncommon for Europe. Not uncommon, but also it's like we were twenty four hours in advance, so yeah, our options were probably limited. But it was great, and it was very close to the Eiffel Tower, which we knew we were gonna want to go hang out at. That was our last um, place of contact, pretty much in Paris, the time that we were there before. Um, so yeah, showed up in Paris, um, wandered around a little bit. I remember we got some crepes and, um, ate at the river and let's see, we did, did the Eiffel Tower, went on a carousel, the carousel across the river from the Eiffel Tower. I like that one. Um, and then the next morning went and did Sacré-Cœur, um, because you hadn't gone in the time before that we were when we went in 2011, we yeah, showed we went up in and then got kicked out. <laughs> well, no, this time we went in and got, we didn't. Okay. So the thing about Sacre-Cœur, if you visit, it is this beautiful white basilica up on a hill, um, in a neighborhood of Paris that is just like way up there and beautiful. The church, there are a lot of churches in Paris and in Europe in general that are, essentially there for tourists like French traditionally or French France traditionally is very Catholic, uh, but culturally they're not like there aren't a lot of practicing Catholics. So you've got all these big cathedrals that are essentially there for tourists to go in and look around and take pictures and you need to be respectful and all these things. But like the people running the show know that most of the visitors are going to be tourists. Sacre Coeur is not that way. They do like tourism definitely exists, but they don't love it. Sacre-Cœur <laughs> um, is kind of the one place where it feels like they are begrudgingly letting you in. They're like, fine, you can come in, but don't talk. <laughs> um, like, it's just a very different vibe. And it's beautiful. And our, you know, for us as Christians, we're like, oh my gosh, this is great. Like, let's um, stop in this little, you know, there's little areas where you can pray. And I guess um, over there, the expectation is that you pray silently in your head. <laughs> so we stopped to pray at a little area and we were very quiet, like whisper praying. Uh, I don't even remember what we were praying about. Um, and someone was like, no, stop. Like someone working there was like, you can't do that. We got kicked out of the church We did for not praying. get kicked out. We got told to please stop talking. We got made to feel unwelcome by praying in a church. No, no. It was fine. I Brent is more offended about it than I am. So then in <laughs> Brussels, there or outside of Brussels, I don't know if it's actually in the city limits, but there's a mini Europe amusement park. Oh yeah. Which included, among other things, a scale model of Sacrecor. And so we have a lovely picture of Maggie praying in front of <laughs> the model of Sacrecor. It is. But yeah, so we dinked around in Paris for a day, uh, took the train over to Brussels the next day. And um, Brent, how well do you remember our arrival in Brussels? Not really at all. Well, here's a fun story then. Um, perhaps this will jog your memory. We knew the name of our hotel, but we did not know the address. So we just rolled into Brussels with our stuff from the train station and like, had no idea where to go from there. Like we, I think we made our way to, I don't know, some sort of downtown ish area and then just wandered for 
hours trying to figure out where we were staying. We walked around with our stuff for hours and we were so tired and so jet lagged and like just wanted to sleep. And like, yeah, and I was and I speak some French, uh, but I'm certainly not fluent. And I was even less uh, fluent back then than I am now. So and I hadn't been like practicing a lot. Um So we're going into places and we're like, hey, we're looking for the Marriott. And they're like, well, which Marriott? (laughs) We wandered for hours and finally, finally found it um, and went in and it was lovely, lovely hotel. Chocolates on our, you know, a bunch of Belgian chocolates on our, in our hotel room and ate a bunch of chocolate and then just like crashed. And that is when we learned, write down the name of your hotel before you arrive. And this is, again, in 2012, like, it's not like we had our, you know, smartphones with service and you could just look it up. Like, you'd have to find somewhere with Wi-Fi and hook up. And yeah, it was just, we were so tired. Yeah, there are two train stations in Brussels, both of them a little bit outside of the center core of the city where we were staying. We were two blocks from Grand Place, like it was, we were right in the middle of everything, and mm-hmm. the, the train stations do not drop you off at the door. No, yeah. So we walked for a while with all of our stuff. <laughs> yeah. So it was a rookie mistake on our part. I think we were so used to just flying by the seat of our pants, um, but it finally came and bit us. But it was fine. I mean, we didn't sleep on the streets. It didn't kill me, apparently. So yeah. Uh, at the base of our hotel, which was a very nice building on a very nice street. <laughs> there was a 24-hour McDonald's. Oh, man. Which we kind of balked at when we got there. But that 24-hour McDonald's came in clutch a couple times. <laughs> yeah, I think um, perhaps after we got back from the hospital. Let's let's take our time in getting to the story. No spoilers here. What else is there to talk about? I mean, we wandered around Brussels. We found a... We ate waffles. We ate waffles. Oh, the Belgian. And you know what I love about um waffles in belgium is i think for americans it's like oh waffles are a breakfast item and if you're really crazy you can do chicken and waffles and i think they just take waffles to a whole new um a whole new existence over there so we had this restaurant that we ate at that was i don't know was it across from our hotel it was very i don't know it was very close it's called Le Grand Café, and um, they had this dish that I ate several times because we just kept going back to the same place. It was so good. And it was this um, like pesto, this really thin, uh, but not crispy, it was soft, pesto waffle on top of this amazing salad, and it was just the best thing. I think of it often. Um, but yeah, so it was cool to have waffles and many different – kind of like uh, – in France, if you have crepes, there's like savory crepes and there's sweet crepes. And uh, it's not just the one kind of thing like we expect over here. As best as I can tell, that place does not exist anymore. Oh, sad. I have their business card still. It's in my box. A box of things. I have a box of things that is if the house is on fire and we are all out safely and you have time, it's please grab the box. It has all of my notes from Brent and all of my cards from my grandma and all the things that I cannot replace and are <laughs> meaningful to me. Well, all anybody is able to think about for the last like two minutes is why you went to the hospital. So you should. Why really do just I went to the- okay. Well, I got a kidney. We don't have to say everything in chronological order. <laughs> I got a kidney infection. It was a bad deal. Uh, I was feeling kind of like there was a day that we were walking around 
I, I mean, every day we were walking around town. We went and saw the palace and like everything was beautiful and wonderful, but I was so tired and just was not feeling great. Felt kind of feverish, felt kind of sick. Um, was telling Brent like something's off. I don't really feel good. I was trying to Google my symptoms. Uh, couldn't figure anything out. And then, um, <laughs> it just got worse and worse. And eventually we're in the hotel room and I'm like in so much pain. I still tell people that it is the worst pain I've ever had besides um, like childbirth. I was going to say, does it top that? No, no, it doesn't top childbirth. Absolutely not. But, uh, and it's down. It's not like, oh, childbirth's a 10 and kidney infection is a nine. I would say if childbirth for me was a 10, kidney infection was like a seven. So it's still intense. Like I was like, I'm going to die. This pain <laughs> cannot be survived. And poor Brent is like, you know, and time difference, he's on the phone with my mom and she's trying to coach him through like, okay, if you do this, then it probably means that she has appendicitis. Okay. I did that. And there's only, there's like only service downstairs. So if he wanted to call my mom, he had to go downstairs in the lobby and then he'd have to like come up and check on me and go back down. And it, it felt like forever, it felt like forever to me. Um, and I don't know at what point, um, she, I guess, probably advised you to take me to the hospital. But I just remember, and I remember blips. Like, I don't remember a whole lot. I remember blips of the evening. Uh, I was so tired. Uh, at one point, Brent came up and was like, okay, I have a taxi. We're taking you to the hospital. <laughs> I asked the front desk staff at the hotel. I'm like, hey, my wife's pretty sick. How do, how do we get to the hospital? <laughs> and they're like, oh, we can call you a taxi. And I'm like, is that what you guys do around here? <laughs> sure. Okay. Just getting you better than an ambulance. Um, so yeah, I just remember Brent like, <laughs> like helping me down to the, I don't know, taxi and us arriving at a hospital and surprisingly few people at the hospital spoke English and the ones that did spoke kind of broken English. And luckily I know how to say things like I have a stomach ache, but I don't know how to say, I feel like I'm dying. Could it be appendicitis? <laughs> like, my medical uh, vocab in French is, is so limited still. I should have learned my lesson then, but um, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> at one point I remember the doctor coming in and, um, I think they got me hooked up to an IV, right? I'm sure they gave Probably. me, cause I remember after a while in the hospital feeling like I was getting some rest because we have a couple videos of you talking to me and I'm much calmer. So I'm sure they gave me some pe pain meds and stuff. Um, we're there for probably a couple hours, maybe three hours. Uh, I feel like it was longer than that. I have no idea. I'm sure we can find that somewhere. Um, but yeah, we, we were there for a while. And um, I remember the doctor asking about my symptoms in his broken English. And he asked if I had diarrhea. <laughs> I was like, do you mean diarrhea? <laughs> and he said, oh, yeah. I was like, no, I don't have that. But I do have a diary at home that I write in. <laughs> uh, I didn't say that, but I kind of laughed in my head about it. Um yeah. So he uh, essentially was like, yeah, you have a kidney infection. And man, God bless the European healthcare system, the night in the hospital. And then I think he gave us a prescription for a bunch of antibiotics or something. Yep. All of that, the stay in the hospital, the meds that they gave me and the um, prescription, what, $300? 
Three fifty. Three fifty. And you know what paid we for it? We went to the hospital <laughs> and got all of the medicine and everything back in the hotel for three fifty. And what paid for it was our money dance at our <laughs> our wedding. That was about the exact amount that we got from our money dance. And I was like, so there's a good reason to do a money dance for your wedding, guys. If you're uh, if you're getting married, do a wedding, do a money dance so that if you have to go to the hospital in Europe. <laughs> You'll be sad. <laughs> Probably not what those people had in mind. You know, it worked out. It worked out. So, yeah, I spent um, the next day in the hotel just sleeping. I think I slept all day. I remember. And more importantly, after we got back to the hotel and you went to sleep, I went down to McDonald's. Oh, you did? Yeah. Good for you. Probably hungry after all that. Uh, all that stress. I think it was like three in the morning or something. Yeah. Well, and then I remember Brent showing up at one point. He went out at some point the next day to get my meds and came back with this carrot soup from some bakery or something. And it was the best soup I have ever had. I think of this carrot soup every time soup enters my consciousness. <laughs> I am telling you. I have looked, someday I'll find it. I have looked for recipes for carrot soup whose ingredients seem like they would add up to what I had, and I've yet to find it. But if anyone has an amazing carrot soup recipe that mostly just tastes like warm, creamy carrot juice, please send it to us because I need it in my life. But it was great. And then uh, after that, our sleep schedules were pretty messed up because I spent the whole day sleeping. Uh, and we did go to the 24-hour McDonald's. I think we slept and then woke up at like 2 a.m. another day. And we're like, let's go down to McDonald's. And that place is bumping. Oh, yeah. God bless 24-hour McDonald's. Um, yeah, what else? We did mini Europe over there. That was a fun little kind of kitschy, touristy thing to do. Yeah. Brussels was cool. Yeah. I like Brussels. Any highlights for you of the... Honeymoon, Brent? I think probably just Grand Place. Mm. Beautiful place, fun people watching, great buildings, great atmosphere. I think for me, I mean, Paris was definitely a highlight. Anytime I can unexpectedly end up going to Paris, it's kind of hard to top that. But also just having like, yeah, I don't know, taking the time to travel together and I think absorb and process the fact that we had just gotten married. I really enjoyed that. And I enjoyed sort of reliving with you as we traveled like, oh, remember this part of the day? I really liked that. And this person said this to me. And even through our honeymoon, uh, just strangers were so sweet. I remember because, uh, yeah, we <clears throat> we did get upgraded to business class on our flight to Paris. And um, the flight attendants I think we told them we had just gotten married and they were so precious. Um, I think the it was an overnight flight and um, I told them like, if I'm sleeping when breakfast is served, please wake me up because uh, we've had times where they don't and they just let people sleep, but I want to eat. So they came around and woke me up and said, Mrs. Billings, it's, <laughs> it's time for breakfast. Would you like breakfast? So it was fun to, to have them kind of like, I don't know, join in on the 
the fun of the fact that we had just gotten married. And then they sent us with what we thought was a bottle of wine uh, at the end of our flight. And it was champagne. And we realized then that we don't actually like champagne. But it was so sweet of them. <laughs> so well, very nice gesture. the second time we realized we didn't like champagne. <laughs> yeah, because there was some in our hotel room on our wedding night also. We were like, ooh. And then we we're like, oh, I didn't really like this. So I like it when it is mixed in a large glass of orange juice. Sure. Or grapefruit. I learned that recently too. Is yeah. Brussels where we went that had that place with the crazy green ceiling? Yes. That was the palace in Brussels yeah. that was made of was like one beetles room. wings. Yeah. I still don't understand how that's possible. It was the craziest green I've the ever seen. The most like vibrant, emeraldy, golden. Shimmery. Shimmery ceiling i don't and we and there was some sign that was like oh these are beetles wings and i was like i'm sorry what <laughs> i don't understand how many beetles had to die for this glorious ceiling how did you get this many beetles were the beetles farmed at what like 12 years later 11 and a half years later i still i don't have the answers to these things but look it up look up the palace it's probably just called the i don't know the royal palace in brussels and look up green ceiling the photos don't quite do it justice because as you move around the light is bouncing off of the different wings yeah in different ways shells i don't know what they're i guess we could say we got business class on the way back too that was nice oh yeah i forgot about that i think i was so tired at the end of the trip that i just was dead to the world but it was great well we'll be back next week to talk about our move to moscow indeed see you next week oh what was the thing tonight fairy tale you know it was about palace's cat yep what did the palace's cat do they had a big snowstorm oh my but they made it through because they had their tails <laughs>